Welcome to the Short Funk Podcast, I'm Tom Barbelay, and today, Jaws of Las Vegas. When we arrived in Las Vegas, people were arriving with us at the rate of 7,000 people a month. You could see it on the roads, folks either in moving vans or with trailers packed to the brim with stuff were coming to Las Vegas and were happy to be coming to Las Vegas. It was relatively interesting finding an apartment, everything was booming, but when we finally settled in Las Vegas, it was one of the most difficult times of my life. Didn't have a job, I didn't particularly want to be in Las Vegas. We'd come because my wife's family, majority of them anyway, her sisters, lived in Las Vegas, and I wasn't convinced that I could find work. The first work that I found was in the Bay Area, and I flew here and flew to Southern California to do the work that was available. But eventually, I found a job, and we found an apartment relatively close to the job. After living in Vegas for two or three years, the phenomenon changed. There was no work in Las Vegas. We were in the middle of a depression, which no one in Washington could even acknowledge, but certainly we felt it heavily in Vegas. And rather than having 7,000 people a month arriving, we had 7,000 people a month departing. And in our apartment complex, we saw the population drop dramatically. And there was a rule that after it had dropped a certain amount, the apartment complex had to become public housing. And we got to the stage actually where not even the public housing people were staying in the apartment. Through this period of time, things were rather dark. We experienced circumstances that we wouldn't see anywhere else. For example... I found one evening while my wife was away, a couple were smoking crack outside our kitchen window. And when I tried to move them along, they became rather hostile. I called the police. It took the police more than two hours to show up. But that was our life in Vegas. The apartment opposite us was inhabited by an elderly lady and her grandson. She had a small dog, which was incredibly vicious and... I once, for some reason, I think we'd had a fire alarm or something, so all the people had to get out of their apartments, standing round, and got attacked by this little dog. I had been relatively polite to the woman in passing, this kind of stuff, smiling, what have you. But after the dog attack, I just kept my distance. And as it happened, her grandson had a bit of a posse that followed him around. He had like a baby Huey-like character, a few other flunkies that would just hang out. And we were all on a, a courtyard. They were opposite us in a courtyard in between. And eventually he'd sit in the window and the window got smashed and he'd just hang out chatting with his flunkies in this courtyard. After a period of time, he got in trouble with the police. The baby Huey guy was arrested. He was dealing drugs in the community. And we all had a sense that this was a troubled family for whatever reason. Eventually, Las Vegas SWAT turned up. And this was particularly curious because they were all kind of hefty dudes wearing body armor and stuff. And we knew it had to be something drug related or some nonsense. As you do, we kind of stood away from our window looking out on this. So we didn't look like we were actually peering, but we both were to watch what was going on with this event. And the SWAT team went in, they did all the usual, you know, SWAT and all the usual stuff where they say that they're coming in. We watched in horror as we heard Jaws, as we called him, the attack dog, attack the SWAT officers. And you heard various, like, screams of pain and things like that. And then the SWAT backed out. Now, to describe Jaws, 
I don't know what kind of dog he was. He was probably some kind of Chihuahua Terrier cross. He had incredibly sharp teeth. When he bit me on the leg, he'd gone through, I think, a layer of jeans to actually make contact with flesh. And as we watched these SWAT officers back out, then try to get back in, and we heard jaws, like, barking and attacking, it was somewhat comical. It was a little bit of light relief on what else would have been a probably quite a a dire day, you know, what on earth is going on with regards to these neighbours. Finally, the SWAT team was able to subdue Jaws. We couldn't actually see what happened. We suspected they kind of encircled the dog and just each took a bite so they could try to find the kid. The kid was hiding under the bed. There was some wrestling associated with this. Jaws got increasingly ferocious. And the whole thing was just slightly comical. I reflect that Jules wasn't actually shot. It's one of the few circumstances where I've seen the police or heard of the police interacting with this kind of dog and not actually the dog being euthanized, for want of a better term. I suspect he was just so small that probably they would have shot each other if they actually tried to shoot Jules. And I think at some stage, one of the officers came out wearing thick gloves or something, actually holding Jules kind of at arm's length. And we looked on at this circumstance with somewhat quizzical amusement. The family, I think, was evicted following this. It was a very strange apartment complex. And when we finally left, it appeared that there'd been some kind of surveillance on us and our property. And there was some curiosity associated with our deceased dog. It was all too bizarre for me. And I just kind of thanked them, took the little bit of deposit back and left quite comfortably. But I do reflect on Jaws of Las Vegas just as being one critter that could actually stop Las Vegas SWAT. Tom Barbelay in San Jose, signing out.